Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Aquademia podcast. I'm Maddie Cassidy, and today, Justin, Sean, and myself are bringing you more tips on living a more sustainable life with our Sustainable Living series. This episode is all about sustainability in the kitchen. We talk about how to be more environmentally responsible in each stage of the cooking process, from buying your food to washing the dishes. We hope you enjoy the episode, and remember, if you want to share your own tips for living more sustainably, email us at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org or leave us a voice message at 603-384-3560. Okay, enough delays. Let's talk about seafood. Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Aquademia podcast. I'm your host, John O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today we are doing another sustainable living series. And Maddie's going to take the reins on this because this is her domain. But before we do that, I wanted to take a minute and read some listener reviews because they're awesome and they make us feel really good. So the first review is from Seafood United. This is a review on iTunes. And it says, I really enjoy the editing of this podcast. This is well put together, very easy to listen to and follow along with. Both hosts, Sean and Justin, that's us, are really great. Thank you. (laughs) And handsome, does it say that? Thank you. It doesn't say handsome, but this is an audio media, so. Can Um. confirm, they are great. (laughs) The seafood industry really needs educational information to be spread through all these new social media outlets. In order to reach a broader audience, Aquademia is my go-to podcast for all things seafood. Great work. So thank you, Seafood United. That really makes us feel good. and It's helping us spread the word to the other show. And then we got one more review. This is from MyGAA. One of you guys want to read this review? Sure. I didn't realize it was so long. Matt, do you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. So this is from MyGAA, like Sean said. I really enjoyed the latest Aquademia podcast highlighting disruptive innovations. It featured an interview with Kareem Kamali, CEO of Veramaris, Uh, Excellent episode. If you haven't listened to it, please do so. Which is a new venture set to mass-produce long-chained omega-3 fatty acids to provide vital and sustainable inputs for aquafeeds. GAA's Sean O'Loughlin conducted the interview and combined with Kareem to send out a clear message about the health benefits and importance of seafood, both wild and farmed. I picked up this podcast by searching for Aquademia on the podcast app on my iPhone and made sure I sent in a review. New podcasts need reviews so that they can build momentum and reach a wider audience. Touche. If you haven't already subscribed to Aquademia, I can thoroughly recommend it. It carries a lot of good information and manages to do it in an informal, chatty way. So this was submitted by Dan Lee. So I want to first say thank you so much for Dan for leaving such a glowing review. That really means a lot. We actually know Dan. He works for GAA out of the UK. Um, a funny story about Dan Lee. When I first started here, not well, I'd been here for probably a couple months and we were in our last building and um, I have a bunch of my textbooks from college here and Dan was you know meeting everyone all the new employees and stuff coming around the office and as we were talking he looked over at my shelf and he said oh you've got my book there 
And it turns out that he's actually the author of one of my textbooks, my crustacean farming book from when I was in college. So I had, I like the nerdiest thing that you can do on the face of the planet is I had the author sign my textbook. Um, nerd alert. And yeah, super nerd alert. But I was very proud to, ha- to have met the author of one of my textbooks. And now we know him pretty well. And he's over there in the UK doing good work for GAA. So thanks, Dan. We'll be sure to read your review on iTunes when that comes through as well. So, so yeah, that's, that's good. It. That's good stuff. It helps us, you know, know that we're doing, you know, we're reaching audiences and people are, are, are getting our message in a positive way. So keep those reviews coming. Yep. Awesome. Maddie, this is your day. It's my big day. So today we're going to be talking about another sustainable living series tip for you guys. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about sustainability in the kitchen today seeing as we are a seafood podcast food podcast <laughs> yeah me and maddie were talking about this earlier and we're saying our our most downloaded episode to date has been the C- sustainable living series episode mm-hmm. and it's the one episode where we don't mention anything about seafood which is the topic <laughs> of our entire show so that's kind of funny <laughs> so we're gonna bring it back home a little bit and talk about sustainability in the kitchen which is a place that we really need a lot more sustainability in because there's just so much that happens in the kitchen and so much that goes into prepping food waste all that kind of stuff um well i think the kitchen is also probably one of the easiest places to make some changes definitely and everyone spends time in the kitchen yeah, have you ever noticed that when, if you have people over your house, like you have this big comfy couch and comfortable living room, but everyone ends up standing in the kitchen? Does that happen to you guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that that's where all my all alcohol time. is. So my my bar is in the living room. Oh, but we always just so modern of you standing around the uh, the island in in the kitchen. People love food. Yeah, they need yes, to know even that if it's, it's within an arm or two reach. Yeah. And I feel like the kitchen a lot of the times is kind of like the heart of the house, like the soul of the house. That's where like it's it's more informal than a living room. So you're it's easier to like chat and gather and stuff. So a lot of times I think we mentioned this a little bit in our last sustainable living series episode is that since there is just so much happening with our environment with climate change our episode on climate change also talked about this it can be a little overwhelming just like thinking about all of the things that we could all be doing but it's really important to recognize that every little action that you make has a ripple effect onto other people onto other things and any little thing that you can do that's more sustainable every good decision you make is worth it and has value And I think that that's an important reminder that you can make a difference. Yeah, I think people feel sometimes pressure to do a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. And like we said in the last time we talked about this, like if you pick one thing and and start there, then it'll be a lot easier and you won't feel like you're being pressured to do something. Yeah, I don't think that this has to be a huge task or a huge change. I mean, the not theory, but a, a lot of little things added up over time creates a big is a big change yeah and i think you know we're not trying to get people to do something that's going to change their way of life that drastically just find something small and we'll talk about what some of those are Mm -hmm. and just continue to do them and then over time you might end up doing more or continuing down that same path but you know there's millions of us on earth and if we all do tiny little steps it's going to make a huge difference Mm -hmm. and in a lot of cases being more 
sustainable that can actually help you save money. Like in the kitchen, I found this fact that about 150,000 tons of food is tossed out in just the United States households alone every single day. I believe that. Yeah. And and so if you were to just be more aware of the food waste that you're producing, then you can end up saving money in the long run by not throwing away perfectly good food. I always think of the seafood show. We were just at Cena Seafood Expo North America in Boston. And if you ever stay there till the very end, you see they come around with these giant carts and all of this seafood gets dumped into these big, huge carts. And it's been sitting on the floor for three days. So you can't give it to a food bank. You can't, you know, it's it's bad by now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's just millions and millions of dollars worth of seafood just in the trash. Uh, it's very wasteful, which is why we're, you know, part of why we're pushing to make this industry more sustainable. But that's what I think of when I think of food waste, because that is probably the most extreme case of wasted food that I have experienced in my lifetime is being at that show. You wonder, too, like at restaurants, you know, some of these any size restaurant, just how many people when they're when they're full, do they take food to go or they leave it? And then, you know, all that's getting dumped, too. And that's. People should be aware of, you know, when you go into a restaurant and you're hungry, you probably order your eyes are bigger than your belly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same thing when. At least when you walk in. My belly tends to grow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, especially when you have a a menu in front of you that's really extensive and has a lot of good tasting stuff. Like, well, let's try a little bit of this. Let's try a little bit of that. Uh, I think at our house, we have made a much bigger effort on making just enough food that we minimize the waste. You know, we have two kids and they're very picky sometimes of like what we're preparing. But my wife sometimes will make a huge pot of pasta or something like that. And I'm like, why did you make, why did you make so much? That's for like eight people. Yeah, you better be eating pasta for the next four days. <laughs> yeah. And pasta is one of the few things that I'm a leftover junkie. Like I'm fine yeah, eating leftovers, leftovers but mm. pasta is one of the select few leftovers that I don't prefer mm-hmm. just because it, it dries out. Yeah. But, the, the, key with leftover pasta is to add Add butter or something add more sauce or something Mm -hmm. when you reheat it yeah Yeah. but i I have a two-year-old as well she's just under two and she's in that phase where she just doesn't ever want to eat anything (laughs) and so we make her we try to like give her a bunch of different options in the morning because we like we need to get some calories in this in this human or else she will not survive (laughs) and she just doesn't eat anything we end up throwing so much wasted food away because of it yeah, majority of our waste is from the kids' plates, absolutely. Yeah. But we compost. So I thought that I'd just kind of go through from beginning stages to end of, like, the cooking, food, eating cycle. So – and just talk about tips along the way. So Yeah, and where are some of the where, – where are some of the points where you have a lot of waste and you – Right, exactly. You are being less sustainable. Yeah. So to start off with, I think a really good – tip that is kind of easy and you would think would come naturally to people but people don't actually consider it as much is that before you go to the grocery store you should go through and check whatever you have in your fridge and your pantry and make sure that you don't already have the things that you're about to go buy and if something's about to go bad then you you should definitely use it up before you go and buy a new one and start using it like a lot of times 
when we have a milk that's about to go bad in my fridge, we'll we'll buy a new one before we're finished with the other one so that we have a replacement there right away. But we make sure to put it to the back of the fridge so no one opens it until we use the first one up. And that goes for so many other foods that you might have. Like it's it's always good to have extras and to buy in bulk, but it's you should definitely use up what you have before you open something else. That is just huge. Mm-hmm. You hit the yeah. you, you nailed it and I connect with what you just said because we are doing that. We have we realize that we don't check the cupboards as much as we should or look in the refrigerator. I mean, we do a good job of eating things that are about to expire. You know, there's certain things that have a really short shelf life, like mm-hmm. lettuce and things like that. Right. So it's like, okay, guess what? We're having salads because we need to use this lettuce before it goes bad. And when we put together our grocery list before we go out for getting food for the next week, it's, okay, well, what do we have? What haven't we had in a while so that we can mix things up? And let's see how we can utilize ingredients or or things that are in the cupboards combined with things in the refrigerator. So that when we go shopping, we're not buying double of something that we don't need. Mm-hmm. There was a point where we had like five boxes of cereal and they were all like a quarter full. And, you know, my wife was like, why aren't you eating this? I was like, you bought those for the kids. I don't eat checks. <laughs> checks is delicious. <laughs> Come on now. Well, yeah, but the kids love it more than I do. And so I'm putting the blame on my four-year-old. If you're, if you're listening to this, it's a lot eat easier. your checks. It's a lot easier to, to, to blame the four-year-old. Um, you made actually a good point. You just said when we make our grocery list, we used to not make a grocery list, mm. which is the most dangerous Strike thing. Strike one. The most dangerous thing that you can do is go to the grocery store when you're hungry and don't have a list. Yep. That is the worst thing because you will spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars and you'll get way too much food and you'll waste a lot of it. Yeah. So I we do the same thing. We we got into a habit of clearing out the bad stuff from our fridge when we got home from the grocery store, which is probably not the most ideal, but you know, we look to see what we have and what we need and then we make a list based on what meals we want to do that week, which is a lot of extra work when you could just go to the grocery store and get your basics. But planning out what you want to eat helps you save money and you have less food wasted. Yeah. This is, a, this is, it's important to not push the easy button when you're about to buy food. And we, we all need food to live and people are shopping. Some people go to the grocery store every day and yeah. they buy their food for what they're prepping that night or for the next morning. Uh, we do it, we typically do it once a week. Yeah, we usually do it once a week as um, well. But I would suggest, especially for our listeners, you know, after you listen to this episode, you know, in the coming days, open up your refrigerator and your freezer and take a look at what's in there. I, Unless you have a really small refrigerator and have a very large family, your refrigerator and your freezer should not be full. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be, you should be able to open it up and see what's what's in there. If you're digging through boxes to get to the back of your freezer and go, it's oh, time. I forgot that I bought time this. Time to do so some two spring cleaning. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> And try to maintain a clean, not overstuffed refrigerator and freezer. And pantry. And Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> All and the above. Check those cupboards. <laughs> so going along the food journey of your kitchen, the next thing that happens after grocery shopping is storage. So a good thing to do, this kind of goes along with what we were just talking about, but it's a really great thing to have like an a shelf of your fridge or a shelf of your pantry that everyone in your household knows these are the things that are about to expire. So if you can use these up ASAP, that's great. So it's great to have 
a designated area so that everyone knows it's like the communal let's all eat this stuff right now area i love that i've that actually hasn't crossed my mind completely new to me yeah but that would not be pushing the easy button because that would require people on a more regular basis Mm -hmm. to comb through everything they have and then rearrange it yeah and frankly that's a pain in the yeah it is annoying to do but it saves money and it's better for the environment so if it takes five minutes it's worth the five minutes yeah for the money that you'll save and we're recording this episode right around the beginning of spring so we could call this the spring cleaning for those people who haven't and it's and we're in the middle of lent which means a lot of people aren't eating meat but they're eating fish instead and fish has a pretty short shelf life if it's not frozen so you want to make sure that you're staying on top of your the food that's in your refrigerator, make sure that you're eating it before it goes bad. Mm-hmm. Like if you eat, if you get fresh fish from the grocery store, you're probably going to be eating it that evening, or maybe the next day. But I wouldn't go much beyond that mm-hmm. in regards to seafood. So next step of the food journey would definitely be cooking, and that's probably the thing that most people think of when they think of the kitchen. And I think a tip that it's hard to actually put this into practice, but to just try to keep in mind using every part of the thing that you are cooking so that you can that you can yeah some stuff's not edible right like bones (laughs) you probably shouldn't put those in anything else (laughs) but like but if you're cooking like a ham steak a lot of people use the ham bone for making like split pea soup yeah things like that yeah i take that back you can use bones for stuff (laughs) split pea soup yeah delicious pretty tasty yeah (laughs) I'm hungry. Yep. <laughs> That's the Don't go to the store because you don't have food. a list. Doing a yeah. <laughs> if anyone is is thinking about uh, starting a podcast about food, cooking, anything like that, just know that you'll be hungry all the time. And I recommend eating before you record. That's all. Don't eat while you record. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs that. And so the final area that I could think of is what happens after you cook. So you eat it and a lot of times after you eat most people don't finish their meal or they don't eat everything that's been cooked and we talked about leftovers earlier leftovers are obviously a fantastic way to prevent food waste as long as the leftovers are actually eaten (laughs) instead of just like sitting in the fridge for two weeks yes Mm. And another thing that you can do is make a compost pile in your backyard instead of throwing things out into your trash can, which then gets transported to a landfill where nothing will ever happen to it. But if you put it into a compost pile, then you can use that for soil and fertilizer if you want to start your own garden for food or for flowers or anything. Yeah, there are great websites and places online that you can look at how to use your, well, one, how to build a compost pile and then what the uses are for it. And there, it's really beneficial. Yeah, we'll link some resources for that in the show notes. But I know that here at work, we use this program called Mr. Fox Composting. I think it might only be in New England, but they gave us this these two giant bins basically where everyone in the office can put any food waste in. They actually accept meat, fish, they They're accept like airtight. Yeah, they will take anything and they have an industrial composting system at their facility and they turn it into soil and then they give the soil to local farms it's really you, you cool. can buy like countertop sized compost bins as well yep, for I've your kitchen those. yep just know that every time you open it your kitchen is going to smell like a compost bin <laughs> <laughs> 
And you'd be surprised of what stuff can go into a compost. We're oh, not yeah. talking just food. There are companies that make compostable plasticware. No, it's not plasticware. It's made from cornmeal or something. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, forks and knives, compostable plates, cups, yep. napkins. Paper towels. Paper towels. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Packaging, even like food storage containers. Yeah, I know. Straws. RT the cardboard bags. straws are a big thing, big fad right now because mm-hmm. everybody's trying to reduce their use of plastic straws not that i i don't know if you guys use straws at home we don't really use straws and when we're at we home don't. much but i use them like, like when if i take a if i make a drink at home and take it to go I'll, i i like a straw keeps your teeth white if you drink through a straw hmm. Hmm, good point and maddie does drink a lot of margaritas at work <laughs> that's true <laughs> i need all the straws <laughs> uh but Maddie, you brought up a good point when you're thinking about leftovers. When my wife prepares dinner, she puts on that hat of, okay, I'm going to make a little extra because I know most of the, some of this will go into our kids' lunches the following day. And although our kids are relatively picky, that kind of comes in waves. There are things that our daughter will eat one day, not eat the next, mm, but then love yeah. it the next day. And it's like the, the roller way. coaster of uh, taste buds, I guess. But uh, we are conscious on how do we maximize what we're cooking and whether it's, and we'll ask that question before cooking something. It's, Hey, I'm going to make this. Would you like some for lunch this week? You know, I know the kids are going to have it, whether they like it or not. And usually I'll end up taking something for for lunch as well, but we don't want to make so much, like you said, that it ends up going into Tupperware then being pushed to the back of the refrigerator and then no one touches it until you go, what's that smell? Oh, oh, it's that leftover that you said you wanted that you didn't just touch. Just throw the whole thing away. We've lost yeah. a lot of Tupperware that way. <laughs> just throw throw it <laughs> in the trash. Ship. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't even want to open it up to see what it is. So in, in my house, and Justin, this probably happens in your house as well because you also have two young kids that are pretty close in age to ours. Dinner is made as quickly as possible so we can sit down and eat before our daughter's attention span runs out. And uh, so what happens is we make a meal and then... We put it on the plates and then all of the dishes with the food that didn't make it onto the plates that is still sitting in the dishes that could be put away ends up sometimes sitting in those pans for a long time (laughs) because we aren't able to work in that routine of once you're done cooking... Whatever is left over, you put in a thing right away, and you yeah. put it in, in the fridge. Well, sometimes and then you it's wash too your dishes hot. right away, or something. And yeah, so um, and then you know we are wrangling children and doing bath time and trying to keep up with everything. And then the kids go to bed, and then we go down in the kitchen, and there's just food that's been sitting there for like two plus hours, and then it's it's wasteful. So that's I mean, Maddie, any tips on how to deal with? This? I'm sure we're not the only people. <laughs> well, that I do can that. I can tell you that what's different in our house is that might be sitting in the pan for a couple hours but we still give it to our kids <laughs> well certain certain things we'll we'll save but like, oh, you know mac and like, cheese that's going in a tupperware if you cook a pot of like rice pilaf to have with your meal which goes great with tilapia by the way it sure does um and you put some on your plate put some on your kid's plate put some on your wife's plate and then there's still half a pot or a quarter of a pot left in there that could be saved but you just don't think of it. You go back two hours later, that is not edible edible anymore. Mm-hmm. That's I true. Think, there are um, some exceptions to that. So it's like, sure. you know, we throw food away for that reason. And it's just, a, it's a stupid reason. It's something that we can do, but we just, it does not cross our minds. We just don't get there because it's not a priority. Right. The priority is feeding the family, feeding the kids, making sure that they're actually eating something. And then it's 
trying to keep up with a hurricane that's running around your house. I mean, I am not I know I'm not the only family in this boat. Yeah, I think that's um, when a compost would come into good. I know you true, you yeah. guys do you compost? We have a big compost pile out in our backyard, but it's mostly from used straw and hay cuz we have goats mm. and chickens and so it's a lot of animal waste. Mhm. And uneaten animal food and stuff like that. Broken eggshells. Yeah. Most, if we have old like vegetables and stuff that are starting to go, we'll usually just throw it out and the animals will eat that. But if it's really bad, then, you know, we do create a lot of garbage. Yeah. Um, we could do much better about composting for sure. Well, you but say. It's, it's work. I mean, you you know, it, that's also with a, to maintain a compost pile. It's not just throwing food in a big pile and leaving it you need to spend time with it you need to make sure that you're overturning it a certain number of times a week and and mixing it up good and maintaining a good internal temperature of that compost for it to actually compost compost into usable compost material (laughs) composted compost there you go yeah i don't think again no one's perfect so when you say in the chaos of making dinner for your kids and you forget sometimes to put things in Tupperware like that's going to happen but just the fact that you're talking about it means that you're aware and there are times that you do it and times that you don't but the fact that you are aware and are trying to maximize your use of food so there's less waste I think is all we're asking yeah that's the first step awareness is the first step absolutely so beyond that the next step after eating and packing up leftover food cleaning dishes Mm. primarily the plates that you ate on the pots and pans that you use to cook what is the most efficient way to wash dishes so for washing dishes if you have a dishwasher then that is likely the most environmentally friendly way to wash your dishes because everything gets washed at once and you're not running the water for extra periods of time but if you don't have a dishwasher then it's best to wash your dishes with cold water because it's less wasteful that way. You're not heating less up ener- water. Less energy to heat the yeah. water. You <laughs> I the- was always under the impression for some reason that you always wash your dishes with hot water. And maybe it was because the hot water, I always thought, kills certain bacteria. Yeah, but it's yeah. not so nearly hot a- enough. If it's just coming out of your tap, it's not going to be hot enough to do that. Huh. Yeah. If if you're if you're washing your dishes with boiling hot water, then that then yes. will kill the bacteria. But as well you as, shouldn't be washing as well your dishes. skin on but your But that's hand. the purpose of the soap, right? The soap must right. be... Yeah, Sanitized yeah. dish soap, yeah. Wash your dishes in cold water. Mm-hmm. You fill the sink with water, and then you can have one with the dish soap in it, and then one for rinsing. Yeah, that's, that's a really pretty good, efficient way. Definitely, Why am like a I bath just for your about dishes. This now? I'm the dish. Have you ever worked I'm the, I'm a, the as a dishwasher at a restaurant? Nope. That's where you you know. I have a, a server once. Did not really like that. I had I worked at one in where we had a big industrial dishwasher, and you just loaded up massive racks of dishes in it. It used steam to clean them in like, you know, less than a minute. So, and then I also worked at an ice cream stand where it was you have three sinks. One is like to clear off any big pieces of food. Second one is sanitizer. And then the third one is rinse. And they were just full of water all the time. Yeah, if you watch a bartender stick the pint glasses, they're just dumping it in like two different, not buckets, but sinks of water. Mm -hmm. So one must be a disinfectant, one must be to rinse the disinfectant off, and then it back on the shelf. Yeah. Then you get soapy beer. Yep. <laughs> pretty much. But hey, who cares? You're at a pub. Yeah, pretty much worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so can you run your dishwasher on cold? 
Because, or is that even an option? The dishwashers a lot of times use steam as well. So okay, that, so that's a that heat, gets hot it, enough. Okay, that mm-hmm. water gets is able to get hot enough to do that. Have you seen that commercial with the the little girl who's like, my mom washes the dishes in the sink before she puts them in the dishwasher. So what does the dishwasher actually do? Yeah, that that commercial does speak to me. We've done that. I have too. to do that because there's, sometimes there's giant chunks of food on your plate, and it's like the dishwasher isn't going to get that off. I think, and you don't want to clog all of little things in the dishwasher oh yeah that happened to us we had to clear it out it was gross i think our issue with that is we put too much stuff in the dishwasher at one time (laughs) we load it up as much as we can and then you end up running stuff through like five times yeah because it doesn't get clean because there's too much stuff it's blocking the water jets yeah but it is it is better for it to be more full than empty obviously so that you're but if you're running three or four times to wash the same dishes you have to find a happy medium how is that is that more efficient or less efficient it's hard to you know i don't like staring at a sink full of dirty dishes but if i won't overload the dishwasher and if that means some dishes you know if it's not too many will sit in the sink overnight until the the dishwasher is gone through one cycle and i can empty it and then reload it then that's what i'll do so what are some so that's kind of the process for food consumption yeah some tips that we can use to be more sustainable with our food and how we prepare it how we eat it how we clean up after it what are some other tips for a sustainable kitchen so another one that's pretty intuitive is to use cloths instead of paper towels which is also hard to put into practice because it requires more work but because you have to wash them exactly and they can get a little gross sometimes but But some paper towels are completely Postable. Yeah. Right. So if you have a compost pile, then you can kind of wear multiple hats and right. decide what to clean with. But that's the ideal situation is like using paper towels for the really gross stuff, but composting it and then using cloths for everything else. That's what we do at my house. Other things. What about cleaning chemicals, sprays, hmm. things like that? I know we use some natural yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know that we use um, work pretty well. We, we use a model of Windex that is like vinegar, basically. Yep. It's like vinegar based, so it's not using harsh chemicals. So we're not dumping any uh, really harsh chemicals down our sink mm-hmm. or anything like that. I think there's options out there. A lot of the problem is a lot of those more quote all natural. We've we've talked about the term all natural on this show before and how it's kind of BS. But the more environmentally friendly cleaning agents may potentially not be as effective or and they're likely more expensive. Can be cost prohibitive for some people. So, yep. so that's something to think about. You can get those, but just people can do research. Yeah, there's enough. What's nice about the way that internet has been working for a while now is everything comes with a review and to you know you got to sift through the one the reviews that seem like they were purposely put there and they're misleading but every now and then you can come across a review that's written a certain way that you believe like what they're talking about yeah go to the go to the one star reviews first (laughs) yeah and then work work your way up and work your way up (laughs) yeah and hopefully there's not too many one stars if there are then move on to a different product Justin's helpful tips. <laughs> Life hacks by Justin. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> You're listening to Life hacks by Justin. Thanks for tuning in. So, I mean, you got anything else? I think it's pretty. Just good. a few other small things. Try to avoid plastic cutlery at all costs. Like, if you're eating out and you want to take some food home, if they give you plastic cutlery, just say. I don't need that. Thank you. I'm going to eat it at my house where I have a ton of forks and knives that I can use there. Yeah. Call them out. Be like, why are you giving me this? Don't you care about the environment? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Be that guy. <laughs> How about buy sustainable food? 
that has yes. eco labels, which we're going to be hearing about in an upcoming episode. Plug. Like some sustainable seafood with some eco labels on it, just saying. Yeah, so when you're at the grocery store and you're about to pick out your food, something that we keep hearing about in this day and age is to buy organic, buy sustainable. And the best way to know what you're getting is by looking at eco-labels. So USDA Organic, BAP Certified Seafood, ASC Certified Seafood, making sure that you're buying things that were sustainably produced is a huge part of your impact in the kitchen. Another great thing to buy when you're looking for sustainable options is frozen fish, which a lot of people tend to have an aversion to for some reason. But buying not not only fish, but fruit, other things, buying frozen means that it was frozen when it was at its peak ripeness. And yeah, once it was picked. Yeah, exactly. So that means once you unfreeze it, it will still be at that level of freshness. And, and have all those nutritional that you don't lose nutritional value. You know, people might think, oh, I'm buying frozen peas. Why would you get frozen peas when you can buy fresh peas? Because it's well, probably more nutritious. Yeah, that that does need to be pumped out to the to the masses. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe we could do an episode on like we could yeah, absolutely. We we spoke frozen about that with Sherry. Sherry Clark came on the show, and her full interview is available to members if you go to aquaculturealliance.org slash membership you can sign up and you can listen to that full interview and she does mention that how you know most people are like oh i want to get fresh seafood i want to get fresh seafood that fresh seafood may have been in the counter for a couple days back in the fridge back in the counter back in the fridge where something that's frozen could have been harvested processed flash frozen and literally in a freezer kept at negative whatever degrees for until you eat it and so that is going to be almost fresher than the fresh seafood you get at the counter. Yeah. So. And things that are frozen right after you harvest them or pick them are that eliminates a lot of food waste that happens along the way in the transportation of food. Yeah. So if it it's frozen, as things it's... don't go bad. So it it's also better for the environment in that way. It prevents a lot of food waste. For sure. One thing that I and I mentioned it earlier when we were talking, one thing you might want to stay away from or not stay away from, but just be conscious of is the term natural or all natural. Um, if something says it's organic, then it likely has been proven to be organic, has some type of third party seal saying that it's organic, USDA organic or something like that. But natural is just a word. Tell me something that's actually not technically natural. Like shampoo is natural, like apparently. This <laughs> shampoo, yeah. This uh, pop screen on my microphone is made from like natural plastic. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like it's it's not in in the world of foods and food labels and everything. Natural does not really mean anything. It's a it's a word that it's a marketing word that gets people to buy something. If you say something is all natural, I mean, you can say all natural, all natural, whatever, made in this lab over in Idaho, <laughs> you know, um, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't hold any weight. There's no regulations around it. So anyone can put on that. You, you can buy like jello and it'll be like all natural jello because oh, I'm sure the, who's uh, to say it's not right. The exactly. phone messages we're going to get after this episode airs is going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you calling me out. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what you think. Tell us what you think. If you, if you have an opinion on this, on all natural foods or, you know, what's, per, what's labeled as natural if you go in your grocery store and you look for things that say all natural, I guarantee you'll find some things, some foods that are not. Well, like, question, you, you will not do what a you double. Would you think will, are yeah, natural. like you'll see some things. Okay, this is 
this says it's all natural, but this is not something that I can just go out in the wilderness and collect. <laughs> right, know? like this wheat thin that says yeah, it's all natural. Exactly, all, all natural crackers and all natural um, fruit snacks made. Ooh. You know, fruit snacks made with all natural ingredients is okay. <laughs> You know, just just think about it. Just be conscious of it. It's not. I'm not telling you to not buy food that's labeled as all natural. I'm saying, just be aware that that doesn't hold as much weight as something that says uh, certified USDA organic, certified BAP seafood, or MSC certified seafood. Things like that. So that's all. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? We're getting a little long. This is we've been going for a solid forty minutes or so. So. Whoa. Um, Maddie, you got any last minute tips for a sustainable kitchen? I think that pretty much covers it. If you guys are interested to learn more sustainable kitchen tips, let us know. We'd be happy to do another episode about this. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to delve into. So let us know if you want to hear more. Yeah. And share your tips that we may have missed. If you, if you do anything in your kitchen to help be more sustainable, let us know. We'd love to hear it. Um, Yeah. We're starting to get some good, some good traffic with comments through our email and uh, same with the phone line. And we're eventually going to be putting together an episode answering some of these questions or tips. Or, yeah, sharing some reviews thoughts. and some voicemails that we get, answering some questions. And it's going to be really cool to to start interacting with you guys. And we appreciate everyone reaching out to us and uh, leaving leaving comments and asking questions. Yeah, and, and, and don't be shy. We're not going to, you know, read your full name and your address and your phone number online. <laughs> like like we is... did with Dan. Dan Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, don't be shy. If you have comments, questions, concerns, we want to hear them. Yep. Podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. And uh, I don't have the phone number in front of me, but it'll be in the show notes and we'll say it in the intro and outro of the show. Great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So nothing else? No, that's everything. All right. Thanks, guys. Maddie, thank you. Justin, thank you. And uh, anytime. Listener, thank you for listening and telling your friends and leaving ratings and reviews and just being awesome overall. Thanks. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the episode. Don't forget, GAA members get access to exclusive audio content and full interviews from podcast guests. If you'd like to learn more about membership, you can visit aquaculturealliance.org slash membership. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks. Thanks.